Hi, I'm Chip Sutterth, and welcome to episode 469 of the Two Minute Time Lord podcast. Concentrated commentary on the worlds of Doctor Who, only this isn't going to be quite as concentrated, and it's not going to be so much commentary as conversation. I'm joined by my friend Jason Snell of the Incomparable Family of Podcasts, contributor to the Relay FM family of podcasts, and a keen observer of the streaming media landscape. Hi, Jason. Hi, Chip. Thank you for having me. So the reason that I called you here, Jason, is that I don't know if you know this or not, but Doctor Who airs on a TV network, and it's kind of been on hard times right now if you've been looking at the ratings. The ratings for Legend of the Sea Devils were kind of atrocious, i.e. worst ratings ever. On the podcasts where you cover streaming media, your uh, upstream segment on Upgrade and your downstream podcast that you co-host with Julia Alexander, you've been covering uh, the streaming uh, media for a while now. So I just sort of wanted to pick your brain. Doctor Who is going to be run by an outside production company next year, and my friends over at the Radio Free Scarrow podcast have been, to varying degrees, excited about Doctor Who being freed from the mercies of television ratings and things like that, and they thought the streaming would be the solution. And then last week, Netflix reported a loss and said that they were going to have big losses in subscribers coming up. Another big streaming platform, CNN Plus, disappeared, and suddenly my friends over at Radio Free Scarrow were like, wow. Maybe it's not going to be the perfect solution after all. On Upgrade, you and your co-host Mike Hurley called this follow-out. So this is sort of an exercise in follow-out. Jason, what do you think is Doctor Who's current state in the media? And what do you think might happen if streaming is in the picture and an independent production company is at the helm? Well, so Doctor Who is unique in the sense that it's owned by the BBC. And the BBC as most Doctor Who fans know, have some particular challenges because it is a public service broadcaster. Although, of course, the status of public broadcasting in the UK is itself under assault right now. Um, But one of the challenges is that it's always been the case that the BBC is, even though it's with Doctor Who, it owns a franchise that is a science fiction franchise that's successful and is, is in the modern series successful worldwide. And... Yet, technically, it's only supposed to be serving the UK public. And so it's a very weird situation to begin with. However, I think you saw the first crack in this uh, with the movement to Bad Wolf, which is now owned by Sony uh, and Julie Gardner and, and Russell T. Davis taking over and producing the show instead of it being within the BBC. This is a sea change just on that level. And then I think if you track Russell T. Davis's previous comments, and I, I know that the guys at Radio Free Scarrow have been thinking about this for a while now, this idea that, you know, Russell T. Davis said there should be a Doctor Who franchise on the same level as Star Wars or Marvel or Star Trek have streaming TV franchises now. This is a thing where you have brand extensions where there are multiple shows and they run for a few weeks out of the year, but you put them all together and there's coverage for most of the year and they run on streaming services. So that sounds great, except how would that work with Doctor Who? And I think that the, its status with the BBC is is a, a question mark, but I wouldn't get too upset about the idea that uh, Netflix is going to have to sort of change its approach to content. Because the truth is, 
we are in an era where this is what television is. Essentially, there is still some stuff on terrestrial television, but so much of what television is now is streaming and is going to be streaming for the foreseeable future. This is the future of television. So first off, you know, just because there are some issues here and there, uh, it, it is still the future. And the second thing is franchises are valuable. And in fact, one of the problems that Netflix had is that it has not been able to create franchises. It's tried. It spent a lot of money. Um, but the inherent value of something like a Marvel or a DC or a Star Wars or a Star Trek is that it's got an audience and a following. And you can also turn it into multiple things in order to stretch out your uh, your streaming service subscription so that there isn't what's called churn where people cancel and then they wait a few months and then they come back for a month and then they cancel again you stretch it out there's always new star trek that's their goal is 52 weeks of star trek and so they're going to keep people who are star trek fans trapped on paramount plus so i think doctor who is a property considering what russell t davis has talked about uh, a property that could be like that a deal with an international streaming service to carry Doctor Who and potentially other shows around the world is not unreasonable at all. Um, they currently have a bunch of individual deals. The question is like, when do the contracts end? When could they make a deal with a streaming service? Um, and then when what does happens BBC the- America let go that sort of thing? Well, exactly. When, or when does the contract expire with BBC America? That's a, that's a possibility. And, and and is it one service worldwide or is it the uh, different services in different places? But there's some possibilities there that are interesting and that and there's inherent value because it is a franchise. It is uh, something that could be more than just uh, 10 weeks a year and bring a whole fan base along with it. And there's value in that. I think there's a mystery about what happens in the UK and whether it all still goes on BBC One or whether there's a mainline Doctor Who show that goes on BBC One, but all the ancillary stuff goes on perhaps other BBC digital platforms, um, whether they're all available to the the, the public. There's, I, I don't know enough about the, the specific rights issues with the BBC to know if like literally anything in the Doctor Who universe has to be given away for free in the UK. Probably, but uh, it doesn't necessarily all have to be on broadcast. So, you know, I, I would be optimistic about the future of Doctor Who because I feel like we're really reaching the end of an era um, in more ways than one. Like this is the end of the Chris Chibnall era feels to me also like the end of the 2005 reboot era. And whatever comes next is going to have to be a Doctor Who that is recalibrated for the streaming era, even if in the UK that's not technically true if that makes any sense, that the strategy behind it all will be thinking big picture um, and that'll be bad wolf people thinking that way, even if the BBC itself in the UK is the conduit for for some of the, the output of that deal. So you said a lot of stuff in there that I really want to pop in and take some quick bites of here and there. Um, see what I did there? Sure. Um, so the Doctor Who cinematic universe... We had one there for a while on television uh, between, say, 2007 and on there for about five or six years. Architected had, by Russell T. Davis. Architected yeah. by Russell T. Davis, and it even outlasted his time on the mainline show. You mm-hmm. had uh, Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures. Do you think it'll be hard to recapture that kind of uh, thing? Uh, it's been done before. He said he wants to do it. Do you think it'll be hard to put together a battery of Doctor Who product? 
I feel like if they've got the buy-in from partners, and that's where the money comes in. It's really like whether it's Sony or whether it's Sony uh, and BBC uh, turning around and selling it to a partner. If they if they got HBO Max, let's say, or Netflix or Prime Video, or I mean, you name them. There are a lot that you you know what the players are here to sign up for something that was going to allow them to do more than just produce ten hours of Doctor Who, but potentially. 10 hours of Doctor Who plus another 20 hours of something else um, or some things else. If the money is there, I, I think they're probably capable of doing it. I do think one of the challenges with the way that the BBC has produced Doctor Who has been the fact that it has taken so long to produce a season that that you ended up in a situation where um, they, it takes a year to shoot a year of Doctor Who. Essentially, it's, that's a tough job. But they did manage to make Torchwood and Doctor Who and Sarah Jane all at once uh, and you know streaming there are a lot of streaming series that are shot in the uk and although they the production is slower than it is in the u.s it is still uh you know something that streaming series do and they're pretty successful with and we know that bad wolf itself has done that they made the um his dark materials hbo max streaming series so um i, I think it's all possible i think it does come down to money and the money is going to come from uh, from deals it's going to be somebody writing a check and saying wait a second we can we can wrap up the potentially worldwide or worldwide except the uk rights to a franchise and for this amount of money we're going to get 25 or 30 weeks of content or 25 or 30 hours however you want to think of it if they can make that deal that may that i think all is possible i think that's the real question and um the other part is just where is Doctor Who starting from, right? Because it's going to be starting essentially from um, a standing, <laughs> a standing start. It's not going to be. It's not going to be in motion. It will have uh, coasted to a stop, and then has to start up again. And I'm not sure you can go from nothing to three series on the air without a few years of planning. The thing that got people so anxious about, you know. Most people watching who watch television, they have no idea that Netflix recorded a loss or that CNN Plus went under. People who make TV for a living, uh, people who work on crews or are writers for shows, you saw them lighting up Twitter a little bit with a little anxiety that the bubble was bursting, um, that there is so much peak TV going on mm-hmm. right now and so many shows going on the streaming platforms that it's just too much. Is Doctor Who big enough that it can float to the surface in all of this? Um, Because Doctor Who is not the Mandalorian, but it is global enough that it does have that sort of franchise feel. I think it's that it's global and that it's survived for as long as it has and has proven so flexible gives it a lot in its favor. I, I think that there it could be overstated the current state of affairs. Yes, I think maybe we are at peak TV and that Netflix will back off a little bit. Um, I'd say CNN Plus is really irrelevant to the conversation. It was more about uh, corporate takeover, not wanting to go in the direction the previous owners wanted to go. So um, I would set that aside. But I would say, yeah, I mean, even if we're entering a period where it's not going to be 700 scripted shows released in the U.S. in a year or something, and it's going to start easing back a little bit, mostly because it's a function of a lot of companies spending a lot of money and losing money in order to get a big uh, subscriber base. And that era is ending. And now we're going to end up still in an era of intense competition uh, for subscribers for all of these various services. 
I, I think Doctor Who will have some extri- intrinsic value there. I think the issue is not, well, wait a second, they're not going to write any more checks and Doctor Who can't get a check now. I think it's more that it is a little more of a zero-sum game and that somebody will have to take some of their development budget and say, we're going to spend it on Doctor Who. But what they get in exchange is a franchise. And again, I just want to say, Doctor Who, right now, you might not think of it necessarily as being like, uh, Star Wars or a Marvel, but you know Star Trek was off the air on in terms of TV for several decades, and at this point, I think there are five Star Trek shows on uh, Paramount Plus with more in development. So it can happen really fast, and Star Trek has less international appeal in in some ways than Doctor Who, as strange as that is, because Star Trek ha- has not traditionally translated as well. Uh, in some markets, and so it's a more American phenomenon. So I, I think you could look at something like Star Trek, where Paramount Plus realized the value of it and and has really put the money into it. And you could look at Doctor Who and say, like well, Netflix is a great example. Netflix has failed to make anything even close to Doctor Who. Stranger Things is the closest thing they have to a franchise, and I'm not convinced that isn't just a hit TV show, not a franchise. So there is something to be said. I, I, I think that there's a sales pitch to be made, in the end, it's going to come down to what are the budgets and what are the possibilities. And I think a sticking point might be what is the status of the BBC? Like contractually, what does the BBC need to get in terms of, uh, you know, is it exclusivity or what do they need to air? And what how big is the check that needs to be written to the BBC for all of this? Yeah. One thing in Doctor Who's favor, uh, if the streaming media does contract some, Doctor Who has certainly made it clear that it is a show that can be made on a vanishingly small budget yeah, there's a lot of i mean not every sci-fi show that out there has a budget of halo or the mandalorian right there there are there are different levels and i think that the somebody expanse look, was made fairly cheaply yeah and i think somebody would look at a uk production which is also there there's um they want to have a diversity of um production locations too so having a european uh production location having it shot in the uk having a budget that is probably going to be reasonable given the history of BBC's budgeting and the fact that the people making the show now made the show for several years so they know exactly what it costs and can figure that out. I think that there's a strong argument to be made if we're making that pitch that Doctor Who can be your franchise that's also not going to be something you have to put a couple billion dollars in, which I think they would all be happy for a cheaper franchise. But I just want to say, I, again, I, I want to restate this. It could be overstated, but don't ignore the fact that that it's almost impossible to create a new franchise. And Doctor Who is a 50, 60, I mean, almost 60 now year old franchise. It's mostly the mainline show, but it's had these other elements. And I think also something unique about its history that we haven't mentioned here about Doctor Who is, think about what Big Finish does. Big Finish isn't all just about taking a sidetrack with Torchwood, although they do that. Big Finish also goes back to the history of the show and the other Uh, the other doctors and the other companions and things like that. And at one point before he was tipped to do this job, Russell T. Davis actually said, you should be able to do the mainline Doctor Who show and also have the freedom to do a four-part miniseries where Matt Smith and uh, Peter Capaldi have an adventure together. And that's a fun idea, but it would never make sense in the old model of Doctor Who. But in the new model, you could actually do stuff like that. You could take a couple of companions, you could take a couple of companions and an old doctor, uh, not even connected to each other, and tell a little story with them as a five-episode miniseries somewhere. 
And that would be part of the franchising of Doctor Who, maybe in a, a less linear way than we've been trained to think about what Doctor Who is. Last question, and it's not so much a business question or a streaming question as just sort of a fanish heart question. You mentioned that this could be seen as the end of an era and the beginning of a new era. How big a deal is it that the BBC is not directly responsible for making Doctor Who anymore? That you know, Bad Wolf is Bad Wolf made his dark materials for HBO Max and for the BBC. Now Bad Wolf is going to be making Doctor Who for the BBC and for other partners. I think I think there was a time when I would have been disappointed by the news that the BBC was taking their hands off of it because Do- Doctor Who is so quintessentially a BBC production. However, uh, two things. One is the people who are making it are literally the people who brought it back in 2005. So uh, I, I think that that sends a very clear message. These are people who know how to make Doctor Who. And honestly, you look at the last few years, I'm not convinced that the people at the BBC who've been making Doctor Who and promoting Doctor Who know how to do that anymore. I, I feel like that there really have been many balls dropped as a fan um, and that given the political situation that the BBC finds itself in, having this thing be handed off to people who know how to make the show seems like a pretty good idea to me. I, I think it can be overhyped that like the BBC is has you know is losing money and losing face and not going to have Doctor Who. The BBC still owns the property. I I have chosen to view this as being a canny move on the BBC's part to take something that is in their crown jewels and put it at arm's length enough that maybe it reduces the questions about why is the BBC doing this when its mission is supposed to be public service and instead have it really be, look, we're going to pay them. They're going to make a TV show. We're going to get money that we'll put into public service. And that's the best way that this franchise can serve the British people is by making money for the BBC that help the BBC do other things. So I think maybe it's canny politically. We'll see. And and in terms of just the pure logistics of making a TV show, I don't know. I I really like the idea that the people who know how to make Doctor Who are going to be able to make Doctor Who because I'm not convinced the BBC was going to be able to. Like, the number of episodes has been reduced. The promotion is questionable. Like it really seems like it's become for whatever reason, very difficult to make Dr. Who inside the BBC. So uh, this is a production company. This is all they do. They make TV and they know how to make Dr. Who. And that leaves me with a lot of optimism, regardless of whether there is a big streaming franchise or a big streaming partner or anything like that. I do have a great deal of optimism that these people have done this They've shown that they know how to do it. And after the last few years, I would really like to get back to a time where Doctor Who is reliably on our TVs by whatever means possible uh, on a regular basis every single year. We get better Doctor Who. The BBC can pay for country file. Seems like a pretty good trade. Perfect. Jason Snell is the major domo of the Incomparable Podcast Network, great pop culture podcasts wherever you turn around. He is also a major part of Relay FM, the host of Upgrade, which covers the Macintosh and also streaming media, and Downstream with Julia Alexander. Every two weeks, a look at Netflix, HBO Max, and the greater streaming universe. Jason, thanks for joining me on this podcast. Thanks, Chip. More episodes of the Two Minute Time Lord podcast are at TWOMinuteTimeLord.com, and I'm on Twitter at numeral Two Minute Time Lord for now, anyway. Thanks.